0: Me and my beautiful, lovely bride, Kim. Uh, She's right up here on the front row. Uh, We are honored and uh, blessed to be here this morning. Uh, You guys are uh, uh, one of our very first uh, ministry opportunities to kick off 2019, and it feels great to kick it off close to home. Uh, My lovely wife, uh, the Lord has laid something upon her heart that I wanted her to share this morning. And, uh, honey, come on up. This is my beautiful wife, Kim. Y'all give her a warm welcome.
1: Good morning. Can we give the King of Kings and Lord of Lords a hand clap of praise? He deserves that. Amen. I'm not going to minister today. I do ladies' conferences. But a lot of times the way God uses me is he gives me words over bodies. And this morning on the way here, uh, I was sharing with Clay. I said, I do want to release this word over this body this morning. And it is a challenge to you. Because in 2 Timothy, it says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. but has given us a spirit of power and of love. And what? Sound mind. So the challenge is this. Are you going to allow faith? Or are you going to allow fear to rule your 2019? Because we do have that choice, especially in him. See, it's nothing of ourselves, but it's all in him. Clay can do what Clay does because of the power of Jesus Christ. And that's the way he does it. People ask all the time. We've been married five years, going over five years now. And people ask me, how does he, how does he? And I'm like, he does it all through the power of Jesus Christ. And that is the message we spread all over the world. And I want to encourage you today. If there's something that's holding you back, don't let it. Tell yourself in 2019, God, I am making this covenant with you today, that I am not going to let fear hold me back anymore. For some of you ladies, it may be that you feel like you need to step out and do more in in the women's area. For some of you men, it may be discipleship. It may be God is, is asking you to mentor another brother. Children, God has callings for you too. Pray, seek him. And don't allow fear to hold you back in this body of believers, okay? Make that promise today. I want to introduce you to my husband this morning, Clay, with us. I say, what you see is what you get. And people ask me all the time when I met him, how did you meet, and all that story. And the story is, I'm going to condense it, is this— We met, of course, at a Bassmasters tournament, because my son is is a Bassmaster elite professional. Um, So I was following him and supporting him. Clay comes across the stage. My daughter turns and says, oh, mama, there's Clay Dyer. Have you ever heard of him? I said, no. And so he comes across and he gives our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, all the praise and all the glory. And, of course, my heart leaped because that's how we are with one another when we're faith to faith. Our hearts leap and rejoice together. And so my heart leaped and I saw something very special. Nine months later, I get a message from this sweet man. And to make a long story short, he asked me out after a while. And I said, I thought you would never ask. So um, that's how God put that together. So when you say, stick a fork in me, done, God sometimes has other plans. But we do have two beautiful children and three grandchildren. But my husband will share the gospel with you this morning. And I want you to know with Clay, he lives it, he breathes it, sleeps and eats it. So there's few very real people left in this world, sadly. So when you find that in a friend, and you find that in a mate, you better hold on tight. Pray together, seek the word together. So I'm gonna stop and introduce you this morning to my husband, Clay Dyer. God bless you.
0: Thank you, honey. Did I marry up or what? (laughs) You can say amen, it's all good. What an honor it is to be here this morning. Um, I told Pastor Gary uh, before we got here this morning, we we had a great conversation on the phone the other day, and I told Pastor Gary, I said, you know, Pastor, I said, a lot of times when I'm getting ready to come to a church, especially a a new one that we hadn't been to before, you know, sometimes I don't really, you know, know what to expect, but at the same time, I'm always excited and I'm always ready. And I'll be honest with you, Kim and I, over 20 years of ministry, we've been all over the United States. I've been all over the United States. I've been in Canada. I've been in Mexico. We have been in churches um, that when you walk in the doors, it's sad, but you almost look at each other and say, where's the Lord at? Because you know he's there, but that church doesn't reference it. And we've walked in other ones and go, my God, we can't wait to get back here. And when we walked in this church this morning, I felt him like a mighty Russian wind when we came in. And thank you, praise and worship for ushering us in to the spirit. It was beautiful. Matter of fact, I was like, "I'll just keep on rocking. We got this." You know, we we we, we're, we we we're gonna get up here in a minute. But hey, I want God's order. I'm not about to. Um, I'm not a formatted man. I'm not a man that usually gets up with notes. Um, I will be honest with you and tell you that um, if you came to listen to somebody that is not bold and that is not real, not transparent, then you fix and get it anyway. I love you enough to tell you the truth through Jesus Christ. I love you enough to tell you straight out of the Bible. I love you enough I don't sugarcoat it. I'm a uh, a very bold, transparent, tell it like it is uh, minister. That's the way God has blessed me to do it for over 20 years, and that's the way I do it. Um, I am not a worldly man that believes in all this programized uh, stuff, as I like to call it. There's one thing I love to do: is diving in God's Word and letting it rip. Amen. It's great to see some of some familiar faces in here this morning, and uh, I'll just tell you this: I hope you came ready. I hope you came with your ears and your hearts open. That's my prayer, and I hope you came ready for God to bless you this morning. I hope you didn't come in here this morning expecting this to be, oh, well, this is what I do every Sunday kind of attitude. I come in here to sit on my rear end and to sit here just for a few minutes because I thought I had to. If that's the attitude you came with this morning, sister, you better go flush it right now because I can promise you God wants to bless you and he is ready. My question to you is are you ready this morning? Let us go to God in a word of prayer and we're gonna get going. Father God, I love you, and we praise you, and we thank you. We thank you, God, for your everlasting love. We praise you, God, for your mercy, for your grace. I praise you, God, for every soul that's here this morning at First Baptist Church, Tanner, Alabama. God, they could have been many places this morning doing many other things. God, it is not an accident that they're here. God, it is not an accident that each and every soul that dorm these doors this morning and these pews. God, it's not an accident, it's a divine appointment. God, I thank you and I praise you for your anointing power, for your wisdom, and for your grace and your love. And Lord, I pray ahead of time and I thank you ahead of time. I praise you ahead of time for your anointing. And God, I pray that you help guide and lead me through your word this morning. And, God, may that if there's any soul this morning here that does not have that relationship with your son, Jesus, God, they would not be able to turn away. God, that this morning would be that morning. God, that you want to bless them so richly, God, in ways they never knew imaginable. God, we're going to give you all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory for what you've already done and for what you're going to do this morning in First Baptist Church, Tanner, Alabama. And all God's people said, amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about God, talks about spiritual gifts. God blessed each and every person in this room, if you will, with a spiritual gift to glorify and magnify his kingdom. And before I get into this, I do want to say real quickly, if you want to video what, I'm, my, what I minister on this morning, that is more than fine. I'd be honored for you to do so. If it helps you down the road, to go back and look. The only thing that I ask you this morning out of the reverence of God is do not be on social media this morning, please, during, during this worship time. There's plenty of time for that. The message that God is bringing you this morning, I promise you, is going to be out of God's book and not out of Facebook this morning. Amen? This morning, as I was, as I was praying about this morning, and I was, God led me to, that, to, that, to the book of Corinthians and the spiritual gifts, because so many times when he blesses each and every one of us with spiritual gifts to glorify and magnify his kingdom, a lot of times even as God's children, and especially those who don't know him as their Lord and Savior, they tend to get lost in the fact of what those spiritual gifts can do. You say, Clay, what are you talking about? What is your utmost passion? What are you the most compassionate about in your life? What's your desire in life? Is your desire in life to go through life serving the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the ultimate reason why you're here? Or is your ultimate passion in this life to go do an earthly thing and something that you wanna do? You see, God's word says that he blesses us with those gifts to do what? To glorify, which means to, to, to give him praise, and to magnify, which means make larger, His kingdom. If it is not the utmost desire of your heart to live for Jesus Christ, then it is time for a spiritual checkup. It is time to to take to take a little inventory of your life and what you've got going. Because if you want real, true joy in this world, and Lord only knows what a dying world we're living in, if you want true joy, and true peace and true happiness in this world we're living in, in the last days, then my friend, it only comes from one place. It only comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ and living in his word daily. It does not come from a, well, I'm gonna go do what I wanna do all week and enroll in the church on Sunday morning and act like everything is all right, when really and truthfully deep down, it's the truth be known, and I was there for 17 years, Of coming into church, rolling in there and saying, oh, I can't wait to get this service over with. If that's the attitude you're living with, my friend, it's time for a change. Let me tell you something. May the 23rd, 1978, Clay Dyer came into this world. My mother, Beverly, gave birth to me in in Amory, Mississippi, at Gilmore Hospital. When I was born into this world, I remember about the age of four years old, you know, i look around, I would see other people that were different than me. My mother never consumed any drugs, alcohol, or anything that would have been a medical explanation as to why clay dyer is, would have been born the way you see me in my physical stature now, with a half arm and no legs. And I remember my mom and dad telling the story that, that during her labor and delivery with me, the doctors told them, said, he's going to be different, but we're not sure exactly how yet. So I came into this world... And at the age of about four, I remember looking at my mom and dad, and I asked them a question. I said, Mom and dad, I said, why did God make me this way? Mother and dad looked at me, and they said, son, with with 100% confidence and belief, they said, son, we're not sure yet why God made you this way. But what we do know and what we believe is this. And they said, son, hear us clearly. They said, God does not make mistakes. A lot of people look at Clay Dyer and they say, oh, I feel so sorry for you. I'm so sorry that you had to be born handicapped. I'm so sorry you had to be born disabled. (laughs) Lord, if they only knew me. My friends, let me tell you right now that the only thing stopping most people from being everything that God has called them to be Number one, they don't want to see how real God can be in their life. Number two, and probably to me, the most important of the two, it's one word. It's called an excuse. They make excuses. God, I can't do this for you because, God, I don't have that. God, I can't do this for you. God, I got a full-time job. God, I can't walk away from this in security that it provides. My friend, let me tell you something. God loves you too much to hurt you. And God is way too wise to make a mistake. Friends, for those of you who may not know me too well, the word disability and the word handicapped are words. And you are only disabled and you're only as handicapped as you allow yourself to be, and as much as you want yourself to be. You can either sit back in life and make excuses of why you can't do everything or you can take the attitude of Philippians 4.13, which is what you see on the side of our truck, on the side of our tour boat, and on our jerseys, it says, I can do all things. It don't say, I might be able to do a few things. I might be able to do some things. It says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. How do you get to that point? You don't do like I did for 17 years, raised up, Praise God with a, with a God-loving set of parents and grandparents and taking me to church about every Sunday morning every time the doors were open, teaching me to pray, teaching me to study God's word, teaching me all the values that come with a Christian life, that come with being a Christian, and yet for 17 years, I was more lost than a Canadian goose in Europe don't ask me where that came from. It just came out. That came from Clay, chapter one, verse one. I figure for Canadian goose in Europe, he's pretty lost. With all jokes aside, I said that to loosen you up a little bit. With all jokes aside, ladies and gentlemen, you can go to church. You can study. You can study God's word. You can pray, and totally miss the boat. For 17 years, that's what Clay Dyer did because for 17 years, I thought just because I believed in God and I went to church that everything was all good. I had a void in my life. Why did I have a void? Because I didn't have the relationship with Christ. What was that void? I tried to fill that void. You better put on a seatbelt with fit and get real. I tried to put on that void. I try to fill that void with other voids, with temptations. I try to fill that void with such things as alcohol, with pornography. Yes, I said it. If you don't like it, get up here to altar and pray, then I'll pray with you. I said enough to be real with you. I love you enough to be real with you. Every 17 years of my life, I tried to go to church. I tried to act like that good kid. But I had all this junk and all this garbage in my heart. And what was it doing? It was stealing, killing, and destroying Clay Dyer. It was stealing, killing, and destroying my happiness. My joy. Why? Because I was letting an old man by the name of Satan tempt me, infiltrate me. And guide me into worldly things. But My friends. I want you to understand something this morning. You don't have to live. In bondage. You don't have to live in defeat. You don't have to live in stress. You don't have to live in worry. And you don't have to try to take one void to fill another void. You come to Jesus Christ. You get the relationship with him. And when you get that relationship with him, that relationship surpasses all those voids. It fills and completes you in a way that makes you just want to go out into this world and it makes you want to live that attitude of Philippians 4.13. It makes you want to be that that, that 1 Corinthians. It makes you want to go out there and live for Christ Jesus because you realize what Christ Jesus did for us. It makes you want to forget about excuses. It makes you want to say, you know what? With God, I can do this. With God, I've got this. We got this, God. It don't matter what adversity may come your way, you got this. You ain't got to sit there in defeat. You ain't got to sit there all your life and live in fear. I know in my heart, I feel in my heart, I believe in my heart that most people in this sanctuary this morning the First Baptist Church, Tanner, Alabama, I believe most of you are God-fearing, believing individuals with that relationship. But if you come in here and you live like I live for 17 years, believing in God and going to church, but you don't have that relationship, my friends, that's where it all begins. And you say, well, man, I believe in God. I've went to church. How do I get that relationship? It's called faith, friends. What's faith? Believing in that which you've not yet seen yet with your naked eye. Let me give you a prime example. Grant, come up here to a minute, brother. I'm not picking on Grant this morning. I was going to get Brother Gary, but he had knee surgery. <laughs> brother, man, back up just a little bit for me. Straight back. There you go. I'm going to take this little, little, this little lower, this little uh, plug knocker thing. I want to lay it on the floor. Will you stand on that right there? Put all your weight on it. I know you ain't got much weight, but put it on there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, first of all, can y'all see my fishing line? Can you see it? It's clear. It's called floor card. To the naked eye, sometimes you can see it. Sometimes you can't. It all depends on how the light. a fish it's invisible I've used fluorocarbon line for about eight years now why do I use fluorocarbon line because it gives me an advantage I use it because the fish is invisible to the fish the brand I use is vicious you say well I guess you talk about them. they paid you they don't pay us a dime they bless us whatever line I need they supply it. why do I use it I'll tell you how I found out about Vicious. Right when Kim and I first got married, or it might have been actually before we were married, I believe, I, had, I was not sponsored by a line company at the time. And like most fishermen, I was at a tournament. I needed some line. So what did I do? I went and bought the most expensive brand on the market. I spent a few hundred dollars on it, as a matter of fact. Spooled it up on my reel. First practice day, I broke off three times a 25-pound test. And I broke off. I said, something ain't right. Called my wife. Called Kim that night. She said, baby, how'd practice go? Thought her what happened. She said, you broke your line. I said, yep. She said, get that junk off your reels. I said, baby, we paid a lot of money. She said, I don't care. This is our livelihood. Get that junk off your reels. I said, yes, ma'am. Stripped off a few hundred dollars worth. Went to Walmart. I prayed. I said, God, show me the line I need. You know what? God led me to this brand. I saw it on the rack. I said, hmm. One of the most inexpensive ones in, 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 in a row in here. Why do I share about it being one of the most inexpensive? Because you know what? Christ paid the ultimate price for our salvation. Our salvation is already bought and paid for. It's free. All we got to do is ask. So I went and purchased this line. Praise God, it, it wasn't very expensive. Been using it now for, for almost seven years. Why do I use this brand? It's never let me down. What will a relationship with Jesus Christ do? Never let you down. Grant, can you stand up there just for a moment for me, brother? Thank you, brother. A relationship with Christ will never let you down. But let me tell you something about a relationship with Christ talking about that joy, that hope, that happiness through that relationship, a lot of times comes with that, God will have a plan for you. And that plan, when you pray for that plan, that gift I was talking about that God blesses each and every one of us with, sometimes that gift is doing something that you would never expect it to do in your life. But if you want that ultimate joy and that ultimate happiness and ultimate peace, that, my friend, is it's where it lies in serving Christ. You can do things in your own heart, in your own mind that you want to do. And you can glorify God in doing those things when, when God is in them. But to receive the utmost in joy and peace and love and happiness is living in God's will. Serving him with the gift that he blessed you with. My friends, sometimes when you're going through this world, we think our ways are the best ways to do it. If you got your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn with me real quick to Isaiah chapter 55. I'll tell you what you have seen on the front row right there, brother. I'm going to use you again in just a minute. Isaiah chapter 55. When you get there, just say amen. Brother Gary, you're doing something right in this church. I hear more than three Bibles turning. Amen. I still hear a few pages turning, so I'm going to give you just a moment. But Isaiah 55, we're going to start in verse 6. Isaiah 55, verse 6. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. Verse eight, and this, my friends, is the verse I want you to listen very closely to. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. I'm gonna read that one more time. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could have imagined. In June of 1996, about a month after Clay Dyer graduated from Hamilton High School, I told you I lived 17 years before I knew the Lord as my Lord and Savior. Friday, on a Friday night, I went to a youth revival the town of Golden, Mississippi, a church about half this size, packed out that night, And when I went over there that morning, or that morning before I went over there, excuse me, when I woke up that morning, I had all the symptoms of a heart attack victim, pretty much, except for the pain in the left arm. I really wasn't trying to say that to be comical, but it's just the truth. (laughs) But I'd always heard when you have the pain in the left arm with these other symptoms, then chances are it's heart attack. Long story short, that morning I remember thinking to myself, I play baseball, I play football, I play basketball for school, for the teams. I was in the best shape of my life. And I remember waking up thinking to myself, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel like that I've got a heart attack coming on? For the first time in my life, in 17 years for the first time, I was truly scared. I was worried. And ironically, it's amazing how God works that in my right ear, which is the ear farthest from the heart, my right ear is like the devil was whispering to me. And this is what he was saying. Suck it up and be a man. In the left ear, which is what? On the side closest to the heart was the voice of the Holy Spirit, which is what my wife was just sharing on earlier in Timothy And it was the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to me, saying this very simple. He said, Come to me, and I'll make you a man. Praise God, I ignored the voice of of, of the devil, of Booger D, as me and my wife like to call him, and I listened to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when I got to the church that evening, I did not tell anybody how I was feeling, I kept it inside like most people do. I kept it inside, and it was eating me alive. I sat there in that church service that night, and to be honest with you, I don't remember a whole lot of what went on, except, except there was a lot of dramas, testimonials, different things of that nature. I remember sitting there in that pew, in that very back pew, and I remember thinking to myself, why are you living this way? Why? And all these flashbacks of all these destructive decisions that I had made were going through my mind. Of all the bad decisions, the addictions, and all this was going through my mind. And I sat there and I said, I remember thinking to myself, I'm sick and tired of this garbage. I'm done. I'm finished with this garbage. And when that invitation opened up, when the pastor got up and he opened up the invitation, it was a packed sanctuary. And my friends, I want you to understand something. I hear too many times in my life whether somebody's never been in church or somebody's been in church their whole life, they say, well, I can't go forward because so-and-so's gonna see me. And they know what I did last week. When I was sitting in the back row of that Baptist church that night, I said to myself, I don't care what anybody says about me. I don't care what they think about me, and I don't care what they see. Because I knew and I believed that that was Jesus that paid the ultimate price for Claydire's sins, that died on the cross at Calvary for me, and he shed his blood for my sins. And I slid out of that pew, and I didn't walk like this right here, No, sir, no, no, sir, brother and sister. This is what I did when I saw the altar. (laughs) If somebody would have stepped in front of me, I was about to knock them out of the way. (laughs) Why? Because I wanted that relationship. I wanted what Jesus and only Jesus and only Christ and God can offer. I went to that altar. I fell flat on my face. I cried out to God and I said, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I said, Lord Jesus, I confess my sins to you. I said, Lord Jesus, would you please come into my heart, cleanse me of my sins so that I can have that relationship with you and I can have that home for eternity in heaven beside you. And my friends, as soon as I voiced that prayer, as soon as I asked Jesus with all my heart, to come into my heart and cleanse me of my sins, and save me so I could have that relationship. My Lord have mercy. I wanted to take these two little stumps called hips, I wanted to run out the front doors, and I didn't give a flying flip what anybody thought about me. I wanted to run up and down the Main Street in Golden, Mississippi, that ain't got but about 200 people in that city, but I wanted all 200 of them to know about the Jesus that I just received, to know about the Jesus that I served, to know about the Jesus that I love.
1: People,
0: y'all can smile. Y'all can, y'all, can, y'all can get excited. My goodness. The Jesus that we serve is such a God, he's so awesome. The joy that he brings us each and every day, the love, the peace, the happiness. You can't get none of that junk on Netflix. Right. You can't get it on DirecTV now. Right. Unless you flip on Miss Judy Jacobs or one of them. <laughs> Cliff Dollar. T.J. Jakes. Oh, come on with it. <laughs> Give me my white, my white towel. Brothers and sisters, but there's one thing that I want to, that I want to share with you before I get ready to wind down. To make the gifts work. The gifts that Corinthians talks about. To make God's gifts work. Number one, it takes a relationship before anything will work. If you don't have the relationship, God can't bless what God ain't in. My friends, when you get that relationship, listen to me very closely. Here's the next thing that can hinder and can alter that gift. If you want to be a champion in life, number one, you've got to knock the distractions out of your life. Whatever's distracting you from your time with the Lord, it's got to go. It's got to go. Brother, stand up for me again, Grant. I was just talking about that fluorocarbon line, it being invisible. When I'm out there, one of, the big, one of the big distractions in life can be many things, just being real. Technology is a big distraction to stay in time because it's so easy to go through technology and spend more time on certain things than it is to spend time with God. Am I, am I hating on social media? No. Because social media can be a great way to be an encouragement when you let it be an encouragement. But it can be a distraction just like it can be an encouragement. But ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to understand out of this is this. When I'm out there on the lake, what's my object for the day in the tournament? To catch the five biggest bass I can catch. Why? Because when I come across that stage, when I come across that way and say, just like Kim mentioned, what? Attracted her to me with me giving God all the praise, honor, and glory. I want to give God all the praise for giving me those five biggest bites. What do I do? What do I try to do to catch those fish? In professional terms, we can't use live bait. We got a lot of rules. We can't use live bait. So I've got, and listen to me clearly, I've got a lot of bait, artificial bait, fake bait. I got a lot of lures. In that FX20 Skeeter. About 40 boxes of them to be a matter of fact. Just about anything and everything that you can think of that a fish would eat. And a live, my wife's up there shaking her head like, yep, And the tackle warehouse orders fixing to come. But we're going to Florida in three weeks. (laughs) But you know what? I got a precious wife. Because it don't matter how much I order, she'll sometimes look at me and go, ugh. And I'm like, honey, despite what you think, I don't like doing it either, but we got to have it. I throw the lures out there to the fish. I make it look real. I make it look tantalizing. What do I do? Whether I throw that crankbait or that top water, or I pitch that jig out there, and I'm twitching it, hopping it, trying to make it look like the real thing. The devil takes things, makes them look like real things to us, to tease us, to tempt us. The devil wants us to bite on those things. So he can do what? So he can. Thank you, brother. I jerked hard for a reason. Because I can promise you, when you bite on the wrong thing, the most miserable things in life. It's what the devil tempts you with. But if you're not careful, he'll set the hook on you and it'll hurt. When he sets the hook on you and it hurts, you've got to get rid of it. You've got to shake it. Just like a lot of times when that fish comes up and I've got him hooked, and I think to myself, this is the one I need. This is the one I need. He comes off. What would it be easy for me to do in the flesh of the way Clay Dyer used to live? What would I do? Oh, I'd break about three or four rods. I'd kick about a $2,000 GPS unit in the water. I'd say a few things I probably shouldn't have said. And you know what that would have got? Absolutely nowhere. But when that fish comes off, I look up at the Lord and I said, Lord, I'm very blessed to get to do what you want me to do. And I know at the end of the day, those fish that I get to go across that weighing stage with are icing on my cake. What's the real reason I'm out there is I'm going to find out real quick, like when I draw out my partner, a computer draws us out, and I'm going to find out real quick like if he's saved or not, because I'm bold enough to ask it. And when they tell me that they're not saved, or they tell me they're atheist, I love it. Why do I love it? Because when the man tells me he don't believe in Christ, it's like that pit bull with that ribeye hanging right in front of it. I'm finna to go to work on him. Why am I going to go to work on him? Because he's stuck in the boat with me, baby, for eight hours. <laughs> he cannot get to the bank unless I take him. So guess what? He's going to get to hear all about my Jesus and what Jesus has blessed me with. The gifts that God's blessed each and every one of you with you got to have a relationship for those gifts to work and number two the Holy Spirit has to manifest in your heart for those gifts to be alive and be born and my friends I want you to understand something if you're looking at old boy right here I ain't trying to tell you if you're a Baptist you you, you going to hell Lord knows we live for the same Jesus I grew up Baptist my wife says I'm Baptocostal I kept it pretty toned down for y'all today. I can not get wound up. I can get to sling and spit and snot and everything else before it's <laughs> over with. But my friends, I want you to understand something. We serve one God and we serve one Jesus. It doesn't matter what the label is of the denomination. I want to encourage you this morning. It's always easy to talk about new things at the new year. But just be real about it. A lot of times in our minds, we get to the end of the year, and we realize it's time to cull a few things out of our life. We realize it's time to, to change things up a little bit so we can be more effective, so we can, so we can, so we can be more of a champion. Now, I'm going to tell you this morning, the only way you're going to be a true champion in life and have the true joy and true happiness is serving Jesus Christ. Yes. As much as Clay Dyer loves bass fishing, as much as I love feeling that that, that groan thump on the end of my jig, or on the end of my crank bait, and I jerk him over the boat, or I lay down on the side of the boat and I wrap my arm in his mouth and he bites down on me, and then I throw him in the boat and I stand up and I go, "Woohoo! Thank you, Jesus!" And people look at me and go, "You nuts?" I say, "No, I ain't nuts. If you'd seen the two thousand calves, it took me to get that bite." You understand why I do that because I'm going to get to go praise my God on the weigh-in stage and I'm just going to have some fun doing it. As much as I love doing all that, the one thing me and my wife talk about it all the time, when my day comes and God calls me home, I'm not going to be laying in no casket. There's going to be a casket. There's going to be a picture. But I'm not going to be in there because my soul's going to be with Jesus Christ now, I've done told my wife, I said, Baby, if I go before you, I said, Don't put me in a casket. That ain't the way I want to be remembered. I said, You take it. You take my ashes. You go out there to our favorite grass bed on Lake Gunnersville. And you say, Here you go. What do you want your legacy to be? Do you want to be known as the most successful person in this area, business wise? That's a great thing when you give it to God. But at the end of the day, that won't bring you the joy that serving Jesus Christ will. At the end of the day, I pray your legacy is, God, I want to be the very best servant for you. I want to win the lost souls around me to you. Because I want to tell you this. Of all the things that crank clay dyers tractor, of all the things that makes my heart thump, being married to that beautiful angel right there. Is right under at the top, right under God. She loves God more than she loves me. And it makes me fall in love deeper, deeper, and deeper every day. At a deeper depth that sometimes we never even knew existed. And it's the deeper I fall in love with Christ, the deeper she loves me. We put Christ at the top center of our marriage, and we work our way towards it. And that's how God has got me and this beautiful bride where we are today. I'm not perfect. But I can tell you this, I'm just a God-loving country boy saved by the grace of Jesus Christ and saved by his love, saved by his blood that he shed for me. And I hope and I pray that when that day comes, God looks at me and God looks at you and says, job well done, my good and faithful servant. Because nothing else is going to top that. Let us pray.